0: Music is a demanding industry to get into. It's competitive and making a career from it may seem impossible to reach for many. Black, indigenous and people of color in the live music industry face the typical challenges while dealing with racism and discrimination. The Closing the Gap research study by the Canadian Live Music Association was undertaken to examine these barriers that impede the participation of BIPOC folk. We have the project consultant to tell us more about it.
1: Tanshek Yuao, Nicole Dishnikashin, Michifnia. My name is Nicole Auger. I'm Métis with ancestral ties to the Haudenosaunee and Niska nations. And I also have French settler ancestry. Six generations of my family have lived as grateful uninvited visitors on Lekwungen territory, uh, which is otherwise known as Victoria, BC. And uh, I've been grateful to be living and working in Tkaronto for the past five years on the traditional territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabe, the Haudenosaunee, the Chippewa, and the Wendat peoples. And I'm actually in neither of those places right now. And I'm out in BC visiting my family this month. Um, So I'm super grateful to join you from the beautiful traditional territory um, of the Subaset Nation, and that's in Lake Cowichan, BC.
0: Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about your involvement with uh, Closing the Gap as a consultant there. You're also um, with the International Indigenous Music Summit. What can you tell me a little bit about that organization?
1: Yeah, amazing. So um, I work as the manager of programming and community engagement at the International Indigenous Music Summit. Um, And that organization, it's a a unique gathering of um, artists, knowledge keepers, community builders, um, and allies. And we work to amplify and empower Indigenous artists and industry uh, through the event, through ceremony, connection, um, inspiration, and dialogue. And it's typically an annual event that takes place over five days, uh, That and it brings together Indigenous artists and music industry through showcasing and relationship building, um, as well as panels and ceremony. Um, This year we're, we're doing something a little bit different and, you know, that's due to many reasons related to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, um, and also just recognizing, you know, how immensely difficult the last few years have been. Um, you know, now more than ever, our communities need to, to gather together to heal and to dream together. And so what we're we've just started doing, and we actually just did our our very first event this past weekend in Cash Creek, BC, is we've been um visiting community across northern turtle islands uh through a series of one day um sort of like mini summits and so we're collaborating with regional partners uh really to shine a spotlight on the amazing local indigenous talent in different areas and just create opportunities for our community to gather together and you know share stories and challenges and successes and and what our hopes are for the future so um the next the next few will be uh uh, heading out to Prismatic Festival in Halifax in September, and then we'll be hosting another mini-summit in November with Mundial Montreal.
0: And your involvement here directly ties into the Closing the Gap study as well. Mm-hmm. So I was there for the live stream, Um, when when it was announced. What was your involvement in that project? Like as a consultant, what does that all entail on a project like
1: this? I joined the Canadian Live Music Association at a very interesting time. I joined in June 2020. So we were just three months into the pandemic at that time, you know, and I i had just finished up uh, my, I did a combined MBA and, and Master of Arts in Music and, you know, had a very strong research interest, advocacy and live music were all passions. So it seemed like a really great fit, but entering the industry at a time when, as we all know, you know, it was, it was largely dark, folks had been earning little to no revenue since March and lots of folks were leaving the industry permanently to go find uh, employment in, in other sectors. Um, so this was all happening at a time um you know when a lot of conversations were starting to surface after the death of George Floyd and industries were starting to to look internally and examine and and start to reflect upon what work needed to be done. So I uh, I I began sort of just having having lots of conversations and doing a lot of listening with um you know artists, industry workers, different organizations across the country and just hearing what needed needed to happen you know and and where um where gaps were and um sorry just for to take a step back uh in case folks aren't aware that the canadian live music association um is a not-for-profit uh industry trade association and it's really the the voice of canada's live music industry so the association represents um all the people behind live music, so not artists directly, um, but everyone who's part of that live music ecology. So venues, arenas, um, concert promoters, festivals, agents, performing arts centers, um, associations, as well as uh, suppliers to the sector. So when we were having these conversations, you know, until this this study was developed, very little research at all existed on the nature of inequalities in Canada's live music industry. So what we continually were hearing throughout these conversations was how much and how urgent the need was to have um, sector-specific data and statistics and narrative to highlight the nature of of inequitable experiences in the live music community that vary along um, lines of race and ethnicity.
0: It's such a struggle. Like when we're looking at all industries right now, trying to find the like specific data for each there is like Absolutely. almost impossible like it's not yeah. being done
1: yeah, definitely. And there have been some really great strides, you know, and we've been working very closely with, you know, organizations like um, Advance Canada's Black Music Business Collective has been doing incredible work in this area, breaking down racial barriers, you know, these, these research reports. And, and what's more important is the action that's starting to come after the development of these studies and the conversations like this that continue, you know, this forward momentum. That's what's so important about this work. And it's really exciting to sort of see this body of research Growing.
0: When the data was coming out for this Closing the Gap study, and we're seeing the, the different information about these inequalities and the challenges that uh, many BIPOC and indigenous uh, uh, live music workers are facing, it's, it's things that I knew were going on, but actually seeing, seeing the statistics about it is pretty eye-opening. So what were some of the things that maybe stood out to you as this study was being put together,
1: for a bit of context, um, the the study was conducted nationwide. So uh, there were there were quantitative elements. So we had a um, a survey that went out in English and French across the country. This was open to anyone who identified as a person um, who was part of the live music community, and then we also uh, conducted forty. Um, interviews with uh, live music workers in a variety of role from, you know, artists, festival programmers, venue owners, managers, you know, etc., who identified as either Indigenous, Black, or people of colour. And what we found, you know, across the board from both uh, the the survey and the interviews, um, we can see within the report that IPOC workers are underrepresented overall in the live music sector and you know that's that's no surprise Um, but uh, also that that uh, IPOC live music workers are disproportionately represented as artists rather than entrepreneurs and owners or live music workers so what what we can take from that is that you know epoch artists um, may often have less opportunity to connect with people in these crucial behind the scenes roles that might be able to, you know, relate to their genre of music and experiences. Um, a huge one, I, and again, none of this is surprising, but it's it's really staggering when you can see the data on paper. Um, lack of representation was cited as the most significant barrier to survey respondents' sense of belonging in the industry. So, When we think about, you know, our our live music ecology, and that's, again, including, you know, all of our venue owners, our promoters, agents, granting bodies who are making funding decisions, and all of the folks who are sitting in decision making roles around the table, um, right down to, uh, you know, the staff we see and interact with in live music spaces from technicians to security and door staff, you know, this this is what it comes down to. And representation goes beyond physically inviting diverse folks into spaces and adding, you know, a diverse stage to your lineup. But Really, you know, it means reflecting the diversity of Canada's population within all roles across the industry and decolonizing our hiring and funding uh, processes. we We really need to be looking um looking internally at our own processes to to create real shifts that will create safer workspaces, um, and, and begin to promote, you know, more actionable changes within our industry.
0: Canada is going to continue to become more and more diverse. When we're looking at the data, the amount of immigrants that are represented in in the Canada population as a whole Mm -hmm. is continuing to grow. And by 2036, immigrants would represent between 24 to 30% of of canada's population very cool very exciting the amount of multiculturalism here and yes we need that represented in our music uh i think in the study was talking about like the struggles of getting some huge artists out here like um uh Bolly- bollywood musician not bollywood but um in uh, like musicians from india getting like k-pop artists out here it can be a challenge sometimes
1: you know, there's so much beautiful, diverse talent in this country. Uh, but but as the data shows, you know, it's so much of, of um our diversity is reflected in our artists who are making such, you know, incredible contributions to our to our live music community. But we need to, you know, in order for um all of these perspectives and um you know, diverse ways of creating and uh, seeing the world. We need to have that holistic perspective where we're we're seeing, you know, diverse voices, not just in, in artists, but but throughout the entire industry who are supporting the artist.
0: We have this awareness now, we have data on mm-hmm. what's going on. What are our steps forward? How can we continue to make the industry more inclusive for everyone?
1: Yeah, what a what a huge question. Well, I'd say first go read the report, please everyone. You know, it's it it really it was um, you know, it was an 18-month process that that we went through uh and our project team um, you know, worked with a substantial advisory committee. We had so many com- community partners um participate in this uh and and the recommendations came from you know all of those conversations as well as from the the survey and interview participants um and the the recommendations uh provide both both high level industry recommendations but also tangible things that folks can implement into their organizations today so we we direct the um the recommendations towards sort of three main audiences so we have the the live music industry and presenters we have government and funding bodies uh recommendations And then we also included some community-centered ideas that were inspired by the study's findings. Um, And these are for IBPOC workers to help self-advocate and support each other and create a sense of agency as they they continue to grow their careers. And we, we note in the study, it is not the role of IBPOC workers to change workplace culture. But, you know, at the same time, recognize that change is going to be slow. And so in the meantime, you know, these are some things that our participants had noted themselves uh, that that had helped to empower their careers as they were um, continuing to progress. So, um, you know, I don't I don't want to I mean, they're so, so broad, but I would say um you know some of the some of the themes that we discuss uh within the recommendations are very much centered around how do we address gatekeeping issues so this is things like promoting transparency when you're in positions of power um creating more career development opportunities and skills building opportunities increasing access to industry knowledge addressing eligibility requirements and restrictions and decolonizing funding processes like all of these are are big themes, but, but things that lots of folks are already starting to work towards, but we need more action to be taken.
0: It can come down to uh, our communities as well. Like every community and city has its own unique and amazing music scene. So if you're going out to see some musicians play at your local bar or at local venues, like go see them, go see these talented and uh, individuals of diverse backgrounds. Because if, if we go to there and we're showing that there's a desire and an interest. So through the process, you probably spoke to dozens and dozens and dozens of amazing individuals in the industry. Is there any artists that you're like, wow, their music's really good and they kind of stood out to you and now you're listening to them a lot? Any any recommendations oh, for people wow. out there?
1: Yeah. Oh man. There are, you know, there are so many and um what you know what? What what I would like to share actually is a, a few a, a few venues um in Toronto that that I love to go to. I think they're doing a phenomenal job in presenting just you know an incredible array of diverse music. Um so you know, rather than picking a, a couple of my favorite artists, I would feel really bad for leaving the ones out, um, Lula Lounge in Toronto is incredible. Uh small world small world music center has been doing phenomenal work. Um uh, Poetry Jazz just opened up a uh, a new venue um, in downtown Toronto that is doing some really really incredible stuff, um, and uh, oh, and one of my favorites that I cannot forget is uh, is to Taberna as well. So, all of these venues are doing just amazing work, and there's so many others, but uh, but definitely you know really doing the good work to to promote and present a lot of really beautiful diverse artists.
0: People are in Toronto. Make sure you go and check it out. Uh, So Nicole, thank you so much for taking this time to talk about this amazing study. Is there anything that you'd like to share that from the study that stood out to you? And where can people go to, you know, find this study and find out more about it?
1: Amazing. Yeah. Well, and, you know, miigwech for having me today. It's it's really been a pleasure to chat. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm just excited about folks continuing to, to learn more about the study and read it, please. It's a dense report. But one beautiful thing is that we uh, took the time to put together a condensed executive summary. Uh, it's very digestible. I and- really
0: appreciate that. <laughs> I read through that. And I was like, oh, OK.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it just gives you a taste of some of the broader themes, and I will say, you know, it, it doesn't cover <laughs> everything in the report. So as you have time, you know, take the time to go read it. Um, and I also do want to just say that, you know, this report is not a one-stop shop and it is not a quick fix to addressing racism in the live music industry. It's a step in the direction for, you know, creating some tangible strategies that folks can, can really harness to uh, start to promote industry shifts. Um, but there's so much more work to be done. And at the end of the report, we actually address some areas that, you know, we feel could be really excellent, uh, future areas of research as well. So, uh, if you'd like to read the report, it's at canadianlivemusic.ca/closingthegap. slash closing the gap. Um, So please check it out. And I'm happy to, to follow up, leave my email address with you. And I'm happy to answer anyone's questions anytime.
0: Have a story you'd like us to share or communities we should highlight? Leave a comment on our social media or reach out to us on our website. I'm Ryan Funk. This was You Talk. And have yourself a good
1: one.